0: Hey guys, welcome back to our dialogues. It's nice to be with you again. Uh, we're going to get into something interesting as usual today. And it jumps off from a video that was made by Greg Reese called De facto Satanism. And that comes from a news source called Banned, B-A-N-N-E-D dot video, part of the Infowars news service. And if you're looking for a good source of general news, doesn't mean we agree with everything in it. But the work they're doing is incredible, Infowars.com. And I've gotten a lot of attacks for suggesting to use them because of different items that they disagree with, but that's not the point. You know, if you look for sources that you only agree with everything on, you're going to miss most of the sources, and this is a great one. And they're attacked by the power structure all the time, and they're still on the air, and they deserve support. Anyway, Greg Reese does great videos. He made this one called De Facto Satanism, very important in helping to understand what's going on in the world today, and Dr. Cousins is going to discuss uh, some of that, and we'll join together in looking at the nuances of it. Um, Really should be interesting and relevant to understanding the environment that we're functioning in and what to do to heal it. So welcome to Dr. Cousins, and thanks for being here. This should be a great show. Okay.
1: I welcome you all with love as we start the new year. And actually, every day is a new year. But uh, it's always good to welcome people with love, which is the antidote to everything we'll be talking about. So kind of keep that in mind. Um, I think it's really worth uh, looking at this whole question of our personal activity uh, and so that's where we're going to go with it in just a moment. But first, we're going to do a little um, a little dance, and I encourage everybody to dance because it's about creating spiritual joy in the world where so many people uh, have kind of, in a sense, lost hope and lost their joy, and, and this is a this is the antidote. started Dancing with and, and let yourself be filled with the spiritual joy. Let the, the joy of God come dance through you. So that's what I am uh, going to do for about three minutes. And I invite you to join the dance. So here we go. Then we'll have a short meditation. And then we'll have our discussion. Okay. Uh, just focus on the energy coming out of my eyes for a few minutes as we go into meditation. And now in the meditation. Yoda and in breath. in and out breath. Wah and in breath. in and out breath. Yoda from the base of the heart. He out to the heart. Wah from the base of the third eye. out to the heart. You Slowly come out of meditation. Speaking what we're, we're discussing is is extremely relevant to what's going on in the world today. Extremely well, relevant because it has to do with the qualities of being human, and it, and it has to do also with the choices we make. We're pulled in different directions. It said, you know, uh, in Native American. We have a mean wolf and a good wolf, evil wolf and a good wolf speaking. Which one are you going to listen to? That's uh, the, the key um, to understand um, when, when, when we're, we're really talking about it. It's, it's, not, it's not like a new concept. And uh, the, the, that was a quote from Sitting Bull, the quote to Sue, Sitting Bull. And so we have those choices. What voice do we listen to? And today there's some pretty serious voices out there. And different people are being attracted. Now we have choices within ourselves. So this is about kind of understanding uh, the depth of how our choices push us into one level of being or another level of being. So we can talk about it in a more global term as being, you know, uh, metaphorically an angelic, uh, healthy, loving human being, or we can call it a person who's pulled more to the satanic way. Okay, and, and that that's really a key to understanding it. So, Alex D. Crowley. Uh, who was probably the, in this cycle, uh, in the 1930s, nineteen eighteen 80s, 90s, uh, 18, 1930s, uh, pretty much was a leader of the Satanist movement in the world, or at least in the Western world. And he phrased it very specifically. Summing it up in one sentence, do what thou wilt, whatever pleases you, do. Now, we can see that that's a story in our society today. There's more and more of that. Do whatever you want and uh, don't think about consequences. Don't, okay? And, and so it's a way of being in the world. There's a way of being where you're a humanistic way of being where you're seeing the implications of everything you do and the, the effect on your relationships, the effect on the environment, and it's a tonic way. And I'm, I'm using it metaphorically, but I'm going to use the two terms to make it a little bit easier. One is we call it conscious Satanism. Alistair Quality was a conscious, conscious Satanist. There are people or conscious satanists. They're doing satanic practices, child sacrifice, and that movement is growing. Okay? Uh, My uh, assessment in in a certain way, uh, at a certain level, is that they get uh, a temporary high off doing evil things. Including human sacrifice, we we don't want to pretend that that isn't happening. It's absolutely happening, Um, and so, but they get a a hit from it temporary. These are people who don't really have like an internal sense of well being. They don't have that internal sense of non causal love, non causal peace, non causal contentment, non causal compassion which is the good wolf, okay, when we talk about sending bull. So what do they do? The they way they get their hits, besides drugs and different things, is cruelty, human sacrifice, and more than that. Now, how do I know about some of these things? Well, unfortunately, I've had to treat people as a psychiatrist, uh, who have survived some of these things. Uh, um, and get a pretty full story. So we, we, you know, and, and people get better. They can re, they can recover, but it's a little bit, it's a lot of work. So the point I'm making is you have do what thy wilt, and whatever makes you, uh, happy, but it's a, but the truth is it's very temporary because they're not tuned into the source of real happiness, which is the bliss of the divine, okay? So these are somewhat desperate people doing what I would call desperate things, okay? And so that's the first, like, principle, do what? By want, straight from Alistair Crowley. The second principle is what I'm going to call moral relativism. Now, we can see this in our society. You know, we we were given, in a world that was morally relevant, uh, we were given the ten speakings, or the Buddhist Eightfold Path, or the Hindu Yama Niyamas, the rights and the wrongs kind of really pretty clear. And so in our Western culture, we can talk about the Ten Speakings is a kind of a, a teaching and, uh, and the good deeds. In the Torah we have six six 613 good deeds mitzvot. Okay, the point I'm making is the moral relativism says it's whatever you think. Whatever you think is good is good. Whatever you think is bad is bad. It's morally re- relative. And that is something that's come into our society. So the other thing that's come into our society is disavowing anything to do with God, disavowing any of the great scriptures that give the ideas of, of uh, morality and, and spiritual ethics. Okay. And certainly don't teach, do whatever you want to do. Okay, so that's the second, and again, moral relativism. And the argument is, if you don't have a standard, you know, the Bible or whatever, and then you can just say, I'll just, whatever I want. That's, that's good, that's moral, however you want to look at it. You know, everybody can take their own position because it's a moral relativism. So that's the second thing that gets people into trouble because you can justify most anything. The way our minds work is we can turn things upside down and make, uh, there's a quote from Isaiah, uh, <coughs> which basically says in the end times, good will be considered bad and bad considered good, sweet will be considered bitter, bitter will be considered sweet. Okay? And there's more to the quote, but you get the point. And things get are being turned upside down very clearly. It's like, now it's prophesized, it's happening, so what's new? Well not much except how are we relating to this. Now the other Part of that is what I call social Darwinism. Now, Darwinism has some huge problems. First of all, it's been proven false. One, they never, I'm not going to do a whole talk on Darwinism, they have never found a link between two species. His position is we came from bacteria and then we evolved, we evolved, we evolved. But there's no link. There's no proof that this has ever happened. And people have been trying for over close to 200 years trying to prove it. No link. Recent research dating back about 200,000 years, but the recent research is recent. But around 200,000 years ago. They found a whole bunch of species of all different levels of of, uh, genetic sophistication evolving all at once. Again, that totally undermines the argument for Darwinism. Now, so we don't really have a case for it. And we don't really have a case for survival of the fittest either. But that's an output of moral Darwinism that obviously Hitler took on, at least the next thing. But just hold on a second. That So Dar, the Darwinian um, theory, again, I want to point out, by many anthropologists, has never, ever been proven. So it's something that's been accepted, it's taught in school, but there's no evidence. But that's the way... Non science works. Okay? So I just want to make it really, really clear. And the latest finding of finding all these diverse species about 200,000 years ago, all at once, all being basically the same age, uh, when they found, again, completely undermines this linear Darwinian theory. Okay? So That's the second thing, okay? Now, the third thing that comes out of that, which I think, well, the the social darwinism then basically says survival of the fittest. And if you understand, if you're missing uh, point one, do whatever you want to do, and point two, no morals or ethics except what you make up, Then point three says we're the elite class, okay? And we're not talking. And when I say elite class, we're talking about the Illuminati. We're talking about the globalists. They see they're elite, and therefore, because of social Darwinism, they're the chosen people to dominate humanity. That's what they believe that's not what is the truth but these are very powerful, very smart people because they've been gifted with these and have chosen not to use them for the benefit of humanity but for the benefit of themselves which goes back to the first tenet, do what they will and so we have to look at that and say wow, do what they will and then you have these people in power doing exactly that and it's not like it's unknown anymore. I think it's come out in the last five, ten years that a lot of these people are involved in very, very dark occult events, including human sacrifice. I don't think that's new information. Um, So, they're just coming out now, but it's been happening, particularly among the European royalty we see it, but also the globalists and so forth. So, they feel they're entitled to do this because they're, they see themselves at the top of the social uh, Darwin uh, ladder. But, of course, there isn't one. Um, there are people who are smarter and faster and better football players or better scientists or born into lots of wealth, whatever, and that is a social test for them. That's a spiritual test. You're given these gifts. What are you going to do with them? Are you going to use them to oppress other people and put yourself at the top, or are you going to use these gifts to uplift humanity, and in that way uplift yourself spiritually? These are real choices that people have to make. What are they? How how they choose to use their gifts. Now, a subset of the social dharma Darwinism is mean, eugenics so those people who are at the top they're smart they're in power they're born into wealthy families a variety of things like that uh or have certain unusual abilities that bring them to the top and then I'm going to say sell out to the dark side um to that, in essence, satanic side, whether they're doing it consciously or unconsciously, because you can do a lot of these activities without intending to hurt people. Although I want to say it is very hard for me to think somebody like Anthony Fauci or, you know, King Charles or whatever, they're doing this unknowingly, okay? Well, I'm just doing my research, I'm just doing this, you know. But I don't want. We're not focusing on that. We're talking about the natural result of this. If you think you're the superior uh, humans, is that other humans are expandable? That's what we saw in the social Darwinism of Hitler. Nothing new here. Okay, and for centuries before, there's always movements like that. So we have this kind of uh, uh, eugenics, man is God, God, God's creation we can destroy. It doesn't matter because we're higher than God. And we have a right to destroy and enslave the rest of humanity because we've been gifted with wealth or because we're a little smarter and uh, things like that. Uh, so. That is the like the fourth part of that. And that, of course, leads to eugenics. So that's a movement that Bill Gates' father was one of the prime movers in in the turn of the, you know, the 1920s or nineteen tens, and so forth like that. I don't have the exact dates on that. So eugenics is a natural part of satanic thinking. Now, are they, they Satanists? this? Well, actually... I think a lot more are sickness than we understand. I think there's evidence of of a variety of people, and I'm not going to name them because it's not the point here, who uh, who are in political, or economic leadership positions, who actually have been associated with uh, covert satanic activities. So. True Satanism, or we say conscious, you know, dressed in robes, doing human sacrifice consciously, you know, in the moment, or unconscious Satanism, where you're just acting that way from an, a fully narcissistic way to just do what thy wilt, okay? And uh, uh, it's a mindset. It opposes the meaning of spiritual evolution and gives us spiritual de-evolution. Now that's kind of interesting, but think about it. So what we're seeing today by these, you know, uh, progressive, so to speak, is a movement towards a de-evolution of humanity by the attempt to destroy humanity and elevate a few people at a higher point. But it's actually a de-evolution because it's, it's such a satanic way of thinking. And satanic action could be smart, could be clever, could be powerful, but it also is de-evolutionary. It's not taking you to God, it's taking you away from God. So that's a way of, of doing it. We're not talking about scientific evolution. Okay? Um, it, uh, in the opposite of that, spiritual evolution is based on love, It's based on thinking of yourself. It's based on working to uplift all of humanity. So those are some kind of insights. I would say the antidote is the natural law, which is love, which is peace, which is compassion, which is seeing us all as one and not as separate and, quote, unique and better. So they're kind of... Clearly two world views, the satanic view, um, conscious or unconscious, and the human-based uh, uh, evolutionary view of we're all one and all of humanity is evolving together. So I invite Richard to come in to uh, make some comments. Really amazing uh,
0: presentation, Gabriel, and... I think all of your points are valid. Uh, I I would, um, probably the only way I could add to it is a little bit of perspective. And for, you know, the wolf story from Sitting Bull, I thought was incredible. The version that I heard was there was a grandfather uh, walking along with his grandson, and the, he was telling him a story about a warrior with two wolves, one on each shoulder, a bad one and a good one. And one was telling him about self-destruction, urging him to do everything bad, and the other one was trying to help him. And he stopped the story and the grandson was saying and which wolf won? And the grandfather said the one that he feed, the one that he decides to feed. And I don't know if that's, I think that's related to the story.
1: Well, actually I'm sure it came out of the Sitting Bull story because that is part of it. I was just trying to make a point. But the natural conclusion is which food are, which wolf are you
0: feeding yeah. is the key. Where's your attention going to go? You know, because that's voluntary. And in a way, you know, we have to recognize that semantics and words don't cover the reality. We're just trying to give hints through the words, and then you have to find the actual reality that does refer to by connecting inside yourself. Otherwise, it's just hints and encouragement and warnings and things like that. For example, um, everybody is doing exactly what they want to do. When you say do as you will, it it means obviously in a negative way, without concern for the well-being of anyone else. But if you go beyond that, every single one of us and all the listeners to the program are doing right now and in your entire life and in your entire history... And in the future, everybody's doing exactly what they want. And this includes the spiritual people who are more conscious. It's just that their desires change. And when they do things that appear selfless, it's because they want to. If they didn't, they wouldn't do it. You know, and this brings into question, if you have a code of conduct, you know, the most respected ones, whether it's the ten speakings or commandments that you mentioned or the ones that are attributed to Jesus or whatever code in you know, the Eightfold Path in, Bo- I think it was Buddhism that you mentioned that?
1: Yeah, or, well, the
0: tenets of Hinduism or whatever. Those are codes of conduct. Making yourself follow them is not the same as connecting to the code of conduct that they all come from, which is existing alive inside every one of us. And if you connect to that, You don't have to ever read a code of conduct, and you'll be in harmony with it, and that's really the goal. Because otherwise, even in scripture, there are stories of many people who knew the commandments or knew some way of acting that they were supposed to follow, and as soon as they thought they could get away with it, they broke it. Whereas, and they were doing what they want, what they wanted, and the people who had connected inside and gotten the essence of those codes you could burn the codes and they would still follow the essence of all of it. And I I think that's where we need to get to, where we make that connection. And then it's not that you become unselfish at all, it's because you realize who we are. We're so connected that um, if you want to be selfish in the wise way, you have to pour out everything you've got to help everybody else, because that's the only way to help yourself. And, and finally, the point you made about getting a hit from causing harm. I totally agree with that. And I think not only are we all doing what we want, exactly what we want from where we are spiritually, but we're also looking to feel good, every single person. You know, all the good people, so-called, all the bad people, all the Satanists, all the bank robbers, all the torturers, every single one of them is trying to feel good. And the ones who got confused, they're following evil because they do get a dopamine hit out of causing pain. It's exciting to them. And it wears off and has a bad after effect. But they just try to fix that by doing it again. And they may be very intelligent, like you said, a lot of them are. But there's a huge hole in their intelligence. They don't know who they actually are. They don't know that God is not a belief, it's real. And that if you connect to it, you get something way better than what they're getting. They don't. They really don't know about that or they'd be doing it. So I think that applies on a smaller scale to every one of us when we look for satisfaction out of something that doesn't do it. It's because we forgot or we never really connected to the source of feeling good that doesn't go away. And we've got beliefs about it. But the whole challenge is go from belief to experience and then go deeper. So, so I, just t-
1: I think what you said, good. I just want to say that you're not always doing what you want to do, because sometimes the ego gets in and you want to do it. So, in, in more biblical approach, we say, your, let your will be mine.
0: Right, but when your will becomes mine, it, it is mine. And then oh, but that's, that's the second step.
1: Oh, okay. you got to get the first step. So the first step is surrender. It's not always that
0: comfortable. No, but uh, it's what you want to do or you would not do the discipline. Right, but it's still not always that comfortable. Yeah. And,
1: and so, but we go through the process until the internal transformation is happening where you know you are one with God within your own heart. Then the will of God is your will. And you're in alignment, so you're always in alignment, always acting in a way that uplifts consciousness and expands consciousness and brings benefit to humanity. That, that's the only subtle point. But we need to, to think about the wolf story, and you're, you're hearing these voices. And the, another way of talking about it is, is it's our role, in a sense, to keep choosing to hear the voice of the good wolf. And then keep feeding that energy and feeding it, and that keeps getting stronger and stronger. So we have an option. In other words, we are not. This is the way it is. It's like we do have choices, and people grow up and they they hear the good wolf and they hear the bad wolf, and those voices are going. But at some point, we choose either the good wolf. And go with that path and keep feeding it and get stronger and stronger. And the other choice is to choose the satanic path. And this is literal. For example, there are many uh, actors who are given a choice. We'll make you famous and so forth and so on. All you have to do is make your allegiance to Satan. Now that is public information, but that's what we're talking about. So we have a choice here. And I think that's the important thing I'm trying to to say here is that the good wolf and bad wolf are speaking. And what are you going to choose? What are you going to feed? Because once you take that path, it's very difficult to turn it around. And you move into the satanic camp. That's what's happening to many, many people today. Well, I mean, you know, in the moment I'm going to have money and I'm going to have wealth and I'm going to have power over people and I get a little high off. That's kind of nice. All I have to do is do all these evil things. So there is a choice factor, and that choice, I think, depends on how connected we are to the truth of the divine within ourselves. When we know we are the expression of the divine, then the choice to pick the path of uh, spiritual evolution becomes easier and easier. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a a key. We have a choice. Right. And that's uh, what I want people really, really to get and to remember.
0: I think it goes together with um, an understanding of how karma works as well. You know, you say that all of these, or people say that all of these conscious Satanists, are choosing knowingly what they're going to do. Well, they have some knowing. But if they had any knowing about karma, the reality of karma, they would never do it. And the other thing is, if they had a real knowing of where lasting feeling good comes from, they would never do it. They don't know those things. And even though I would say those of us following a discipline, you know, meditating or fasting or doing something good when it's uncomfortable... It It is what we want to do, but it's not necessarily comfortable right away. So if you go on a 10-day water fast, it doesn't feel good to be dealing with hunger, but you're doing it because in the end you want to be detoxified and you want to feel better. And you've got an understanding that I can deal with feeling uncomfortable by laying the foundation for feeling good on a lasting basis. So there's a time element.
1: Yeah. But I think the point that... You're making, and which I totally agree, is that by doing the inner work, we get the inner bliss, inner joy, the not what I call non-causal bliss, non-causal love, non-causal compassion and joy from our inner experience. So we don't—it's—it's a freebie. We don't have to do anything externally. We just have to focus internally. And feel that truth of the divine within ourselves and when you're feeling that you're you're not even tempted to go to the dark side. There's no real payoff and karma is one of the the things you know you you don't need bad karma and I also know people who say I'm doing this I know it's not really good karma but I just have to do it. So People are making uh, choices, even if they do know about, you know, the karmic consequences. Because you're not experiencing those consequences right now. Like, if you took the shot, what's your karma? Well, I don't know. I mean, it seems like a good idea, but maybe not so two years down the line. So that's hard. So, but our but our actions all have karmic consequences. And that's the point you're making, but we don't because there's a separation sometimes between the immediate action and the common consequences, which may be years later, we don't always get the feedback to make those quick choices based on consequences, but really based on how our inner experience is. That's what is the key. So um, I guess it's close to ending, so I, I want to just bless everybody.
0: Richard dropped off for some reason. Hopefully, he'll be back.
1: Okay, I, I forgot what's going on. But I, right now, because it's about ten, I want or the hour's about up. I just want to bless everyone that we have. It's King Solomon says the awareness of the results of our actions. And in that process, make the choices that best elevate us evolutionary, best elevate us to the divine, best elevate us to the truth of God, not not just as an outer, but that is always enhancing our inner experience of the divine. So I bless everyone that we are able to do that, that we always choose the good wolf and uh, enjoy the long-term eternal bliss, love, and happiness of the choice of the good wolf.
0: Aho! Thank you, Dr. Cousins. Richard's power went out. That's what happened.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, Richard... uh, Often we in and, and Doug, maybe you can put up how to reach us, DrCoz.com and Richard, how to reach him. Because, you know, part of what it is is check out our website. Okay, lostartsradio.com. And for me, it's uh, treeoflife.mn.co. And you can find more about my work and about Richard's work at those sites. And I have seminars and teaching all the time, and I'm giving guest speakings, and we have spiritual fasting retreats. There's one on April Fourteenth coming up, um, so we we also have a variety of other kind of, of things. So you can look at our schedules and look at our teachings, our written teachings, and that's our gift to you. As we, our work is to help uplift. Consciousness on the planet. So, thanks for putting that video up. So, again, thank you all, Richard. Thank you, even though your power's out. The main thing is you aren't out. So, Doug, thank you very much also. Oh, i
2: This video is based on the work of Mark Passio from WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com, specifically his recent video on de facto Satanism. Today's Hollywood pop culture machine will have you believe that Satanists wear robes and practice ritualistic blood sacrifices while worshiping Satan. And while there may be some truth to this, it is mostly propaganda meant To conceal the reality of what Satanism actually is. True Satanism is a mindset and the Satan that is worshipped is within each and every one of us. It is most commonly known as our ego. The self is the true God of Satanism. The term Satanism is used to deceive religious people, to appear harmless to non-religious people, and also because it stems from the Hebrew word Shatan, which means adversary. Satan is the force of involution that opposes true spiritual evolution. It is the ego within us. Left to our own devices, the ego will try and convince us to think only of ourselves, which is exactly what Satanism is. And so a de facto Satanist is a person who holds this mindset but does not consider themselves to be a Satanist. Organized Satanism stands against this sort of enlightenment. They believe human psychology and the laws of nature should be kept occulted or hidden from the public and used to gain and retain power over the masses by keeping them ignorant as to how the mind and emotions work while using this knowledge to manipulate the masses and ultimately enslave them. This is primarily done by cultivating the Satanist mindset among the masses, thereby turning the ignorant and unaware into a de facto Satanist. As we think, so we become. This mindset can be broken down into four main tenets of Satanism. The first and most important is selfishness, egotism, or what many know as narcissism. Self-preservation is the highest law. Live only for your own selfish desires and only care about you and yours. It's a dog-eat-dog world, and if you must step on others to get what you want, then so be it. This is the basis of satanic thinking. The second tenet of the satanist mindset is moral relativism. This is the belief that there is no objective difference between right behavior and wrong behavior. It is the belief that nobody is ever objectively right or wrong, and that it's up to each individual person to decide for themselves what is right and what is wrong. The third tenet of Satanism is social Darwinism. This is the belief that it is natural and good for human society to be ruled by the most aggressive and dominant humans among us, and that it is by virtue of their genetics that these vicious humans deserve to be in positions of power and lead humanity as they so choose. The fourth tenet of Satanism is eugenics or dysgenics. This is the ideal conclusion of the Satanist mindset. Since man is God and he gets to decide what is right and what is wrong, and since the natural order is for the most dominant genetics to have power, then the elite class ruling over us has every right to decide who is allowed to live and procreate and who must die. This is how all of society is conditioned to think. And this is how the high-level Satanists are leading all of humanity into slavery. Most of humanity is operating under this de facto Satanic mindset, which is why it is called the great work to change it. The great work is the work of awakening the masses to the true nature of the ego mind, encouraging each and every individual to find the courage to face their own inner shadow and to practice natural law. Natural law is the respect of others. Put simply, it is love. If the majority of humanity is practicing love, then humanity will know freedom. But if the majority of humanity is practicing Satanism, then humanity will be enslaved. You can find much more of this information at whatonearthishappening.com. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.